Thank you, choir. And I really appreciate them wearing green for me today. That's my favorite color. <laughs> you look good. You look good. All right. And you sound good, too. If you have your Bibles and, or your phones, you can turn to Jeremiah 1, 5 through 9. Shelly read it for you a little bit ago, but we're going to read it together in a few minutes. But first I wanted to just say... If you had told me six years ago that I would be standing right here, I would have laughed and told you you were dreaming. That was totally not my thing. Uh, six years ago, um, my calling began with an actual phone call from Judd Reasons, our executive pastor, and he was calling for me to accept a position to median adult ministry coordinator. And if you don't know, that position was to coordinate events for people in their 40s to 59. Well, as I got involved in that position, I realized that median adults needed a lot more than just events. And so um, I began um, putting, adding more pastoral care to my role, and then I was ordained as minister to median adults last March. And let me just say, it has been a privilege and a pleasure to be able to serve median adults. Travis didn't force me to, to preach today. In fact, he gave me a way out. And in fact, he gave me another way out a couple of, well, a week ago, as you know, all the things going on. Um, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to back out. Uh, backing out is not the story God is telling in my life. Backing out of things that I think I can't do. Those things are God's favorite things because that's when I grow and I learn and so I'm here today because I don't want to back out of hard things. I can see that God's been preparing me all of my life for just today. Let me tell you my story. It was a um, Wednesday night in Oxford, Mississippi. I was a sophomore at Ole Miss, and it was my 19th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that dates me, doesn't it? Um, I didn't think about that. Um, <laughs> but um, my best friend and I were, drove the 17 miles south to Oxford, Missis to Water Valley, Mississippi, just south of Oxford. And we were going to celebrate my birthday with my mom and brother. And then we drove over to my dad's and we were going to celebrate with him. And um, we had to be back in Oxford by 8 o'clock sharp. We had a Bible study. We had to be there. It was part of accountability couldn't be late. So eight o'clock. Okay. Quick trip. No problem. Um, everything was going as planned until we realized that we stayed a little bit later at my dad's house than expected. And um, it had started raining. And so we had a 20 minute trip to take in 15 minutes. And I said, no problem. Well, needless to say, we didn't make it to Bible study that night. Um, and I would wake up sometime later saying, who me? And God would say, yes, you. Why not you? I have a plan for you. Let's read our scripture. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations, but I protested. Oh no, Lord God, I don't know how to speak since I am only a youth. Then the Lord said to me, 
Do not say, I am a youth, for you will go to everyone I send you to and speak whatever I tell you. Do not be afraid of anyone, for I will be with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. Now the Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and told me, I have now filled your mouth with my words. God calls us out of our comfort zones not to punish us, but to grow us and to show that he's the authority over our humanness. And sometimes that calling comes in ways that we can only imagine. Have you ever asked God, who, me? God, there's a lot of people who do that. In the, in the Bible, it tells us time after time of people who also said, who, me? And today we're going to look at three of those people. They weren't called because of their capabilities, but because of their lack of capabilities. They asked, who, me? And got a why not from God. Through that divine choosing, they were able to see the power of God. When God says, why not you? He offers three things. Power over fear of the present in the form of confidence. Power over care of the past in the form of love. And power that fuels the future in the form of hope. Now let's look at Moses. He had power over fears of the present. He was minding his own business, tending his sheep. He didn't expect to be called. But yet he was, and God called his name in the form of a burning bush. So when he heard his name being called, he went and hid out of fear. And when God said, I will be with you, and when it's done, come back and praise me, Moses voices those fears. He said, but what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? I'm not eloquent enough. I'm slow of speech. I'm slow of tongue. God says, I created your mouth. I will give you what to say. Moses runs out of excuses then and says, Lord, please God, choose somebody else. And the Bible tells us that Moses, that God's fear, or I'm sorry, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. No, that's not something you want to hear about yourself from God, that you angered God. No. But God didn't say, oh, never mind. Don't worry about it. I'll just choose your brother instead. No, he didn't rescind the calling. He just said, no, Moses, you're the one I want. I'll just let your brother help you. So then he says, He, he said, um, Lord, I just don't think I can do it. And I can identify with Moses so well with that. He was a background person. He, didn't, he was just fine in the background and behind the scenes. He didn't want the limelight. But God was growing Moses little by little with the help of his brother in order to be the leader that could lead the people out of Egypt. It's just like the butterfly leaving the chrysalis. 
the butterfly has to squeeze through that hole so that the, the fluid in the wings can, can get all the way through the wings and the wings can dry and the, the butterfly can fly. But if he didn't go through that difficult squeezing, he wouldn't be able to fly. And it's just like us. We have to go through difficult circumstances sometimes for God to be able to use us. Moses said, who, me? And God said, why not you? And I'll be with you, telling you what to say. Was it easy? No, not a chance. There were people that listened and followed, sure. But he also met with Pharaoh, who had a hardened heart and refused to let the people go, time after time. And so Moses had to have confidence that was given by God. And that's the power. He had to face Pharaoh time after time with that confidence. And today we can have confidence through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 4 says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are competent of ourselves to claim anything as coming from ourselves, but the confidence comes from God. So when you say, Who, me? God says, Why not you? Because I have given you the confidence to do what I'm calling you to do. So number two, power from the care in the past comes in the form of love through Gideon. So you know the story of Gideon. Um, the Israelites had not remembered what Moses did and did not... Um, they were in bondage once again. They were in this, in fact, they were in a cycle of bondage um, where they would be rescued and um, God would rescue them. They would forget. They'd be in bondage again. They would be rescued. They'd forget bondage. And now they're in bondage again. And the Midianites were this nomadic people that came in on their camels and just trampled everything, all their crops, all their fields, just made a mess of their tents, everything. The people were starving. And so Gideon was hiding, threshing his wheat so that he would be able to feed his family. He heard an angel of the Lord say, the Lord is with you. And he was like, what? What? And he called him a mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And I could just see Gideon's face. Like, what? I love you, and you were my people. Gideon didn't have the advantage of having the rest of the story like we do. We have the Bible. Gideon did not. We have the New Testament. Gideon did not. We have Jesus. Gideon did not. God speaks to us through his word. John 1.1 1, 1 tells us, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Romans 8.37-39 says, We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, can, nor anything else in creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
And then in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that everyone, everyone of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can't just read the Bible and study it, but we have to believe it and obey it for us to be able to see the love of God working and have that power. So we've looked at power that overcomes fears in the present, and we've looked at powers from care in the past. Now let's look at power that fuels the future with Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called by God at an early age. He was probably in his teens or 20s. And God knew him before he was born, our scripture says. And he was chosen before he was born. He was chosen to be a prophet to all the nations, even at that young, early age. Jeremiah said, who, me? I'm young. I don't know how to speak. And God said, why not you? You will go where I send you, and you will speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid, for I am with you to deliver you. Then he touched Jeremiah's lips and gave him the words to speak. And he says, now I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you over all the nations and over kingdoms. Jeremiah said, who me? God said, why not you? I have already filled your mouth with my words. Now go and speak. God's power that fuels from the care in the past is, comes in the form of love, of hope, I'm sorry, of hope. God had given the exiles from Babylon hope. When in 29.11 of the same of Jeremiah, he says, For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future and a hope. Christy Foldenauer, in her book, Sheer Gifts, several, several of us are reading this summer as a book club, she calls hope an alert expectancy, an active choice to lean in toward who God is and what he promises and what he has told us he is doing. An alert expectancy. So many of you know Missy Ward Angala. She's our mission partner with Amani Sasa in Kampala, Uganda. And um, she first went to Uganda in 2010 as a student intern. Um, she was working with the most vulnerable there, the refugees who had experienced gender um, violence. And she felt God calling her. And he was saying to, to help build resources and something for the, the refugees there. Well, there was a problem. She was still a student. She was young, like Jeremiah. She didn't have any skills, like Gideon. She needed the confidence of Moses in order to speak and go home to those churches and to build support and tell them about the atrocities that they were facing. So that's what she did. She went, came home. She spoke to the churches, and God provided the people to speak to. And then he provided the people that would help her. 
the money that she needed. She was able to go back in 2013 and start a women's shelter there called Amani Sasa. She met her husband, um, Francis, there, who was also working with refugees. And later this fall, she'll celebrate, they will celebrate together the 10th anniversary of Amani Sasa. And some of us will get to go and celebrate with her. We're thrilled about that. Missy said, who, me? And God said, why not you? And watch what I will do through you. See, now her staff is made up of graduates from that program who are able to mentor and lean into and give hope to those women and men who are facing those challenges. They're able to give a future and a hope to the people now of Uganda. So now for the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Um, that night at my dad's house, as I left, I was not thinking about God's calling. I was not thinking about being used by God. Um, I was young and invincible. I had the world by the tail. And on that warm, slick back road, I hydroplaned and hit a tree. God was able to use my mistakes to get my attention so that he could use me, my broken body and my broken pride. He was able to mend back to be usable for him. There were months of recovery. My broken body consisted of um, a lot of internal injuries, a compound fracture of my left arm. My parents were told that I had all of those things, that the next 24 hours would be the most critical. But what they didn't know, and I couldn't communicate at that time, was that I met Jesus in that night. Now, I had made a profession of faith when I was eight years old, um, so I knew Jesus, but I felt Jesus that night as I was spinning in that car. That sense, overwhelming sense of peace stayed with me through all the surgeries, all the learning how to walk again, learning how to use my arm again, all the time at home recuperating, even as I was able to go back to Ole Miss, that peace stayed with me. Now during that time at home, after months of recovery, there was a lot of time to think. And there was a lot of time with God. And don't think I didn't have a pity party as I was sitting in that bed. Because I did. Because Dow and all my other friends were living their best life now. At, on campus and I thought I felt like an exile in captivity but God used that time that quiet time to show me his amazing love even if it felt like a step backward what I didn't know at that time was my mother was in a prayer group 
um, and they felt the need the night before my accident to pray for my brother and I by name. Now, I just wanted to give a disclaimer. I don't think that just because they prayed, I was saved. And I don't think that if they hadn't have prayed, I wouldn't have been saved. No. And I don't think that I'm in a higher category over anyone else. I just want to say this is my story. And this is what God is doing through my experience. And I don't want to waste this, that experience by not saying yes to the next thing. So when Travis asked if I would preach today, and I said, who, me? <laughs> God said, why not you? I have called you to this time and place and prepared you along the way. I will give you the words to say. Now go and speak. There's another artist that I love, um, musical artist called Mandisa. And I, wherever John is, I'm not going to sing that for you today. But this, my favorite line is, um, my scars today remind me of God's faithfulness and that my brokenness is something that he can use. I love that song. It makes me cry every time I hear it. I believe that God saved me that night for a purpose that I am only now just catching a glimpse of. What about you? Is God calling you to something that's bigger than yourself? That's out of your comfort zone? Maybe he's calling you to missions. Maybe he's calling you to a leadership position or to a volunteer spot. Or maybe he's calling you to this church. Do you feel like saying, who me? Like look over your shoulder, who me? God is calling each of us to him saying, why not you? You are my child. I love you, and I will be with you always. So take that step. If you're not a follower of Christ today, I urge you to consider the hand that's outstretched to you today. During our hymn of invitation in a few minutes, meet me down front, and let's talk about it. and hope. God uses broken people to do mighty things. Just like he used Moses to save a people. Gideon to do big things with a little. Jeremiah to confront and comfort a people despite his inexperience. My prayer for you today is that you will leave this place hearing God say, why not you? I will be with you. And I will equip you to do whatever I ask you to do. Our hymn of decision is 490 today. And I'll be down at the front waiting for you.